0: The following program, Chicago's Weekend Wake Up Call, is sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable, their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of Newsweb Radio Company or its management.
1: Another enlightening episode of Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. What a beautiful Saturday morning. I'm your associate producer, Richardson, and joining me is the brilliant Dr. Don Yehue, the driving force behind Digital Wellness Center.
2: Well, thank you, Richardson. And it is a brilliant morning. I think it's a sunny Sunday, sunny Saturday morning. Sorry about that. And it's always a pleasure to be here with you and discussing today the intersection of digital wellness and our well-being. We have a captivating topic lined up today.
1: Indeed, Dr. Mary, our guest today is an extraordinary individual who has dedicated nearly two decades to the world of branding and entrepreneurship. She's the founder of Lab Creative and a renowned author, the creative mind behind Brand Camp, and an award winning international speaker.
2: Our guest is my friend, Laura Boparlin, and she's a true expert in the art of legacy building. Uh, when I first met her, she told me she has been helping entrepreneurs leave their mark on the world. And today, we think that's particularly important because to leave your mark, you have to have some chemistry. And Laura is going to help us just dive right in to the realm of creating chemistry with others whether it's in a personal relationship as an entrepreneur driving your business or in a large multinational business you have to have what we're calling digital chemistry to be able to connect with your audience
1: I absolutely agree, Dr. Mary. Chemistry is that intangible magic that connects us with people. It's the spark that ignites relationships and collaborations. And in today's digital age, understanding how to foster and leverage this chemistry is more crucial than ever.
2: I really like that definition, Richardson. And So let's build on that today and explore how we can use digital tools for good. Oftentimes, everyone's talking about how negative digital is. But today, we're going to talk about how digital tools actually play a role in building connections, even before face-to-face interactions occur. For example, maybe somebody's going to meet their future spouse on, oh, I don't know, Hinge. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, that's where Richardson met his fiance, by the way. So that's the joke. It works. (laughs) It does. And there's an ad ad that says Hinge is the app that's meant to be deleted. And in your case, it was really deleted. Oh, yeah. Uh, So you're an expert on digital chemistry because that occurred during COVID, too, which was great. So we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk to Laura about creating chemistry and maximizing the power of digital presence, um, especially with Ms. Bo Parland.
1: Can't Mm -hmm. wait. Don't miss this captivating um, conversation. If you have any questions for Ms. Laura and any insights to share, reach out to to us on our Instagram, LinkedIn, at the Digital Wellness Center, or connect with um, Dr. Mary Donahue on LinkedIn. So stay with Mm -hmm.
2: You know what we forgot to do, Richardson, and we always forget to do this?
1: <laughs> I know what it is.
2: <laughs> our call-in number and yeah, our yeah. text number. So if you have stories on digital chemistry, if you have questions on digital chemistry or creating a great Hinge profile, call <laughs> 773-763-9278. Let me say that again, 773 773- Seven six three nine two seven
1: eight. 763-9278. Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) So stay with us as we dive deep into the world of digital wellness and creating chemistry, Um, creating this chemistry. um, You're listening to the Digital Wellness Center with Dr. Mary.
2: Welcome back, everyone. I'm Dr. Mary, and this is Digital Wellness. Today we're talking about the captivating world of human connections. This is something when I'm touring with a book or public speaking, this is the question I get most often. And everybody wants to understand the science that underpins the world of human connection. And before we have my friend, Laura Boparlant, Let's start to unravel the psychology and the neuroscience behind this intriguing faucet of our lives. Um, Richardson, as you know, and my colleague Muhammad used to comment on all the time, every time I was out with a book or I was out um, doing a speech or working or doing research in the field, the number one question I got was, how do I connect better with this generation? Or how do I connect with my son? Or how do I connect on Hinge? Or I think there's other apps out there, but Hinge is at the top of my (laughs) mind right now. I think Hinge should sponsor us. (laughs) But,
1: um,
2: you know, these are some of the questions I have. And and I'm wondering, do you feel the same way? Did you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, um, it was definitely, I definitely felt the same way. It's, it's, It's very hard when you think about building chemistry especially on digital uh it's a weird concept which for me specifically during covid time as i said i'm more personal so i thought it was kind of difficult and uh but it does work um that's just relating it back to hinge (laughs) but um, (laughs) even even now um i think it i i totally agree with that Um, well
2: If we look at the psychology behind that, so for me, I met my business partner and we worked together for five years before we even met in person. And so human connections, what most of us understand in our gut is that they're fundamental to our well-being. And when we took that ability to connect in person away during COVID, we did immense harm to our mental health. So psychologically, we're wired to seek these bonds with others, and it's a core part of being human. When we connect with someone, our brains release oxytocin, also known as the love hormone. (laughs) And this little chemical marvel plays a pivotal role in bonding and building trust. Now, and when we talk about love, it isn't necessarily um, sexual love. It's a care for love. It's a respect love. Oxytocin has all of those um, in it, and it, it really helps connect with people.
1: Wow, I love that I and that's such an intriguing take so oxytocin is like the secret sauce for our relationships huh <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, exactly oxytocin fosters trust and empathy and emotional bonds It's the magic behind many of our close relationships, whether they're professional, for example, in my case, when I'm talking to clients, when I'm talking to an audience, when I'm talking to people in general, I really do care and I can feel that. Or whether it's personal. And I know a lot of um apps, uh, specifically dating apps, try to capture this science and create this science. But here's the interesting fact, so do advertisements, so do brands. For example, Nike and um, Tiger Woods. They had that connection. We began to cheer, not just Tiger Woods, but we began to cheer and feel good about Nike Golf. Remember, he really launched Nike Golf. And if we look at the positive intermotion, in emotions and interactions um, that trigger oxytocin release, then we know um, how to strengthen our connections.
1: Wow, okay. And what about like the neuroscience side of it all? How does, it, how does our brain contribute to the chemistry we feel with others?
2: Well, our brains are definitely in action, and oxytocin is in our brain. When we connect with someone, specific regions of our brain, such as the prefrontal cortex, light up. This is the part of the brain that's all about empathy and understanding and communication and social cognition. And it really helps us perceive and interpret the emotions and intentions of others. And that helps us connect further. So think about it this way. You know, um, it's like you're driving through the dark and then all of a sudden there's something you want to see and boom, your headlights go on and everything becomes clearer and you feel better about things. Well, that's Kind of what oxytocin does in your brain. It just sort of says to your prefrontal cortex, okay, here, this is. let's illuminate this. Now you're going to feel good about it. You're going to feel better about it. It's not a great analogy, but it's something that's going to help you understand. When you make that connection, your brain literally lights up so that you can understand
1: more. So understanding the psychology and the neuroscience of human connections can truly level up our personal and professional lives.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, when you pay attention to your brain and your gut, which is driven by your great brain, sorry, um, that's the mammalian part of your brain, which is just over your ears, you begin to trust yourself. When you have authenticity and you believe in yourself and you're you're authentic in your way that you're driving relationships and I know Laura is going to talk about this, you really begin to create solid relationships. But you know, if you're totally fake, people are going to feel that out. It's not going to generate oxytocin. So we really want to begin to understand this to nurture deeper relationships, to establish trust, and to navigate the intricacies of human interaction with finesse. For example, what most people don't know is when you're talking to someone on video, everything is reversed. So your brain is trying to make sense of your phys- what they're physically seeing when it's reversed. Let me give you an example. When your eyes go up and to the right, that means you're remembering something. And when they go up and to the left... That means you're constructing an idea. But if I'm looking at you on a Zoom or a Teams platform, what's happening is my brain sees you looking up and to the left when in fact you're looking up and to the right. (laughs) So I think you don't understand me, which is not true at all. You're probably remembering something. I've triggered a memory for you. So that's a way that digital can cause problems. I talk a lot about that in my book, Message Received. But how we have to retrain our brain on digital becomes a wonderful exercise in what I like to call like brain fitness. So with this knowledge, again, once we begin to understand these little triggers, that's how we start to create deeper relationships.
1: Wow. I love that. Uh, That's a great point you brought up and thank you for sharing that because I was actually going to ask you that question. How can we <laughs> d- distinguish um, or or see if someone is like lying or communicating with us? I never really thought about um, about video calling as it being flipped. I always thought it was the same way we saw each other. But that's so interesting. But no, no. <laughs>
2: Um, what's interesting about that, Richardson, is most of us don't like. We for for thousands of years we've used body language. Our brain has used body language and tone to interpret what's going on. And during COVID, we were forced to try and understand this digitally, and it didn't make sense to our brains our brains are like, wait, what? Because everything was reversed and we don't understand tone in an email. You don't Mm -hmm. know what somebody's saying. and, And I can go into all kinds of really great scientific experiments. But the one thing we have to start doing is rethinking how we communicate digitally. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about finesse and how to learn the tools.
1: I love that. I love that. Um, So our wonderful listeners, if you want to join into this great conversation, please text or call us at 773-763-9278. Hang tight. Um, Our conversation about creating chemistry, human connections, and the science behind it continues. Um, In this upcoming segment, we'll share some practical tips and strategies to cultivate meaningful connections in various aspects of our lives.
2: I think right now, Richardson, we're going to listen to a binaural beat and it's going to help us focus and relax just for 30 seconds. I really, before we get into the next chemistry lesson, so to speak, let's just relax for a minute.
1: to the Digital Wellness with Dr. Mary. In this segment, we're exploring the concept of chemistry beyond human connections, specifically how it manifests in brands and advertisement that leaves us a lasting impression.
2: Absolutely, Richardson. Chemistry isn't just limited to our personal interactions. It can also be felt in the brands that we love and the commercials that resonate with us, things that make us happy, things that... Intrigue us. For example, there's a football commercial where everyone is at a, I think it's an NFL commercial. And uh, I just saw it again recently. And what happens is all these great players of the old days that my dad used to make my brothers and I watch, he felt it was important for me to understand football. Uh, they they start this game <laughs> of football and do all of these things, and but they're playing in a ballroom, and it's just silly, and it's fun, and it's got lots of excitement in it. That made me pay a little bit more attention to these NFL players, and as you know, I do a lot of charitable work, and so when I met one or two of them, I was super impressed by their commitment, not just to charitable work, but to bringing others up in the game of football safely. And so every time I see that commercial now, it resonates with me. I have chemistry with me. It has chemistry with me. So, you know, let's dive in. Let's figure this out. I know we're getting some, you're getting some texts and I'm getting some texts from our listeners and please call in, but go ahead, Rich. What do you think?
1: Yeah, we have some interesting responses from our listeners right now. So for Mm -hmm. instance, sarah from toronto mentioned apple and she she feels that apple's brand exudes chemistry through its clean and minimalist design which creates a sense of trust and reliability i think that's kind of interesting because um i never really thought about it that way their their brand is very simple and easy to use so I, i guess it can create um that chemistry for for people to continue to use it and like build that trust that hey it's not going to change what do you 100%. think of chemistry
2: no, hundred percent. I mean, if you use a product, it's easy to use. You know, you may start with a phone, you may start with a computer. It just goes on from there. And then you become a total Apple person or an Apple nerd. I forget exactly what they're called. But Apple builds that into their brands. They build that into their service. Just like Disney. Disney has incredible service. And you know every time you're going to go to Disney, you're going to pay for it, but you're going to have amazing service. So you love Disney, you love Apple. I think it's an excellent example, and and Apple has certainly mastered the art of creating a strong emotional connection with its customers. And it did that through its very first advertisement. Uh, You wouldn't remember this, but it was for something called the iPod. Oh, another listener, Mark from California, pointed out that he listens on the Internet. He points out that he feels chemistry with Coke's holiday commercials. He thinks they, oh, yeah, I agree with him. He thinks they all evoke nostalgia and warmth, and it makes them memorable. Do you remember when I think it had the four tenors singing around a Christmas tree or something? Um, it was wonderful. It, like, I agree that in that Coca-Cola song, I want to... Uh, bring the world together, peace mm-hmm. and harmony. The the, ta- the tenors sang that song. It was really good. Again, another old example. But yeah, I agree with Mark.
1: That's so awesome. And it's just not even about like the brands, but chemi- mm-hmm. chemistry can also be found every day in our everyday interactions. Um, we have a story from Jane um, in New York, uh, and she shared that how she instantly clicked. Uh, with her co-worker during a challenging project. Their shared commitment and mutual respect um, led to a productive and enjoyable working relationship. And I kind of want to know how that usually happens because, um, like, I know we've kind of all had that experience where we meet someone and it's like, bam, you kind of already... Um, it feels like you already know them, and like you just work so well together. If you can explain a little bit more of that, Doctor Mary, that'd be so cool. Because I really want to understand how that works and that how usually usually that happens.
2: Well, it happens one way or the other. It's the triggers. It's, again, your brain and your gut working with people. It's, um, you know, what do you have in common? And then that's where you begin to get that oxytocin. And it's like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And then you begin to see similarities in that person. For example, I'm from a family of four. She's from a family of four. And then you begin to see more commonalities than you see differences. Or conversely, you respect the differences. For example, um, she likes to ride bikes fast. You like to drive cars fast. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, you know, you have a commonality and yet you have differences where you can respect the differences and having great dialogue, having the ability to connect and talk. Conversely, I have met people that I didn't like from the very first second. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, get me out of their presence, or this person is such a dweeb. But recently, what happened to me is I was 100% wrong. This person was just shy. So I often encourage people in the workplace to give other people a second chance. Um, When we're thinking about those things, think, you know, is this real? Is it important? Are the differences important? And can I build trust? Um, you know, and Emily says, can, (laughs) oh, here, she just texted me, can, can chemistry be built over time? Or is it something that either exists or doesn't? It definitely can be built over time. And we found that um, even just making sure that you build trust in a relationship. And I think if you're a brand, that's the most important thing to remember is trust in a relationship. Um, you've got to walk the talk. Um, for example, if you're a leader and you have team and you tell the team, oh my gosh, we have to work late on this project. And then you yourself go out and have cocktails with friends and don't work late on the project. Okay. Of course, nobody's going to have trust in what you say and what you do. So, you know, just leave it alone, move on. But that's an example of not building trust in a relationship. Um, You can definitely, in my case, the person I met, the connection deepened over time. We met digitally. And at first it was like, okay, I don't think we have anything in common, but let's try working together. And step by step by step, we found a whole lot in common. And we began to see more similarities than differences.
1: I love that take. And that was a great question. Um, I think so, too. Yeah. So... As I want to let our listeners know if they want to continue to send messages or even call in, our call in number is 773 763
2: 9278. Now, I think we're going to pay a quick binaural beat, and then Laura's coming.
1: Ooh, I know. Can't wait. I know. I'm excited.
2: Me too. Welcome back to the show. Laura, can you hear me? I can. Hi, Mary. Awesome. Happy Saturday morning, my friend. Yeah, you too. And hi, Richardson. Nice to meet
1: you. Hi, Laura. Nice to meet you too. I'm happy to be here.
2: (laughs) Every week on our show, we do these crazy quizzes. And um, they're just fun, but they're get, they get they help get our guest and our audience in the mood. So we thought it would be fun to invite you to play with us. And today, okay. our quiz is all about special chemistry in our personality. What do you think?
1: That's great. Let's do it.
2: Okay. Rich, why don't you take it away?
1: Yes. So, fantastic. Here's how it works. We'll ask... Four questions, and each of us will answer with the option that describes that best describes <laughs> us. Then we'll review what kind of chemists um, we are based on uh, by our answers. So let's dive in. Our first question is, when you meet someone new, what's the first thing you, you notice? A, their sense of humor and wit. B, their confidence and charm. C, their kindness and warmth or D, their intelligence and depth? Hmm.
2: I'm going to go with D. I have to say that's the thing I look for the most in people, and I find Mm -hmm. intelligence incredibly sexy. (laughs) I do. (laughs) That's just me. Laura, (laughs) what do you (laughs) think? I love it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say C, their kindness and warmth. I think, like, I love humor and wit and, con- like, all of these other things. But I think the first thing that connects me with people is their kindness and warmth. Mm. <laughs> That's
2: Sorry, interesting.
1: Mary. Sorry, Dr. Mary, you were saying?
2: <laughs> nothing, nothing. Go. It's your answer. Go ahead.
1: I think um, I would say their kindness and warmth. But it's very interesting how uh, I feel like the answers kind of shows you how, um, how you look at people or like what you look for them though. That's, that's pretty cool. So intelligence and depth for you. Okay. I got that. And kindness.
2: (laughs) I once met a very, very, very famous actor and I had Mm -hmm. to work with this actor, um, and previously, like literally 30 minutes before this, I had met Paul Newman, the actor who I became friends with, and he was wonderful. And then I met this actor who will be tame, remain nameless. Now, anyone who's read anything about Paul Noman knows how intelligent he is, and his depth of character, and his like he's just a, was a wonderful man. And then this person walked in. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, you're dumber than my dog!" <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like just from the second he opened his mouth. <laughs> I couldn't bear to work with him. I had to get my assistant to work with him. I know that sounds terrible, but it was just like, "Hi, I'm so pretty. Take me here." And I just thought, "No, no, this isn't going to happen for me."
1: That is <laughs> and a- it was hilarious. an event.
2: <laughs> so, it
1: was terrible. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next question. Your ideal date. Uh, your ideal date night involves a a comedy show with lots of laughter, B, a romantic dinner at a fancy restaurant, C, a cozy evening by the fireplace, or D, an intellectual conversation over coffee?
0: Mm. Mm. Can I have your all turn of slow? Slow. Me? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! And I think it depends on the day, you know. Um, my husband and I have lots of romantic dinners and intellectual conversations, and we don't have a fireplace, but I'm going to actually go with A, a comedy show with lots of laughs, I've realized how uh, important laughter is to the soul and that's become extremely important to me. So I'm going to pick A. Wow. I love Interesting. that.
1: I love that. You know, um, my fiance and I went to a comedy show last week um last week Saturday and it was so great and I was like wow we should do this more often so I think I'm gonna choose A2 because that was just awesome it was so funny the light the night was so light and the mood was just awesome so yeah I think I'll go with that that's not my new you know date night
2: <laughs> <laughs> well I guess you can guess what mine is D except not coffee wine or a martini <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I was definitely going to guess that for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I are you
1: sure you don't like, like C though? Chatting.
2: Um, I do like C a lot, but I mean, if I just have to pick one, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with D.
1: Awesome. Okay, I was like half on, half off. <laughs>
0: you were hundred. Yeah. I,
1: you know, if it's I cold and like rainy, like
0: conversation by a fireplace with a glass of wine. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Or a really good martini. Yeah, a really good martini.
2: Grey Goose, if you're listening, happy to have you sponsor too. So (laughs) (laughs) definitely promote the brand.
1: So next question. Which movie genre do you prefer? Um, Mm. A, romantic comedies. B, action-packed thrillers. C, heartfelt dramas. Or D, thought-provoking documentaries. that's a good one. It's a yeah. very good one. Yeah. Who would like I'm, to I can like tell
0: you combo. right now. Yeah, go.
2: Go, Mary. Romantic comedies. That's it. When I watch <laughs> movies, when I watch TV, when I watch anything, life is so heavy. All I want is something just to chill by. And that includes the Iron Man from Marvel. I think that's a comedy, and there's a bit of romance in there, too. I'm a big Iron Man fan, as you probably know by my blogs.
1: Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) I I agree with that. (laughs) Laura, what do you think?
0: I'm definitely a combo of A and B romantic comedies and action-packed thrillers, but I would probably lean towards the romantic comedies. And my husband loves to watch them with me, and now my 12-year-old son actually requests watching rom-coms together with us. So no way. It's become a bit of a oh, family so favorite lucky. in my head. You're <laughs> so lucky. I'm, I'm introducing romantic comedies to the end of my life, right? <laughs>
1: That's great. Like that's them. that's that's gold right there. Um, I'm definitely gonna go a romantic comedy um, too. I think yeah, I I w- last w- night, I think last night we watched. Uh, oh, what's that movie called? Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm forgetting. But it's the one with uh, the news. The newsletter lady. It has Sandra Bullock in it. Oh, the proposal. Yes, there you go. How can I? Forget? <laughs> I love that. It was. So I love funny. that movie.
2: Yeah, that I is a funny movie. I've watched that hundred times. <laughs> yep, yep. It is a great movie.
1: Okay. So, mm-hmm. so question what, four. Question four. One more. Um, All right. Your friends describe you as a the life of the party, b the charmer in the group, c. The caring and empathetic one, or D, the inter- intellectual and deep thinker?
2: Mm. Mm. That's I think th- I wrote th- that th- one too hard.
1: <laughs> I got to <a> think about <laughs> this <laughs> one. I can see you as a life of the party.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I, I think most often I get caring and empathetic. I mean, that is my business.
1: That is true. So. I mean, yeah. that's kind of. Maybe all four. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think I've definitely been all of those, at, at maybe different times. I think I'm definitely seen as the caring and empathetic one often, but also the, mm. the charmer in the group or the connector. So um, maybe not life of the party, but the one that sort of um, is able to connect with everybody in a group. Mm. So I'm going to go with B is probably the most, although they all feel like they fit.
2: Well, now, since I wrote the test, um, what it looks like um, each of us are in terms of chemistry is, Rich, you are definitely the charming chemist. Laura, you are the sparkling chemist, and I am just the heartfelt chemist. (laughs) So there we go. Like, it's just like everybody has their own chemistry. It's just very different. Um, I think, you know, people like myself probably tend to wear our hearts on our sleeves Mm. And that, that happens a lot. And so when when you have the ability to be charming or sparkling or whatever you choose to be, I think that's one of the, the traits that people should lean into when you're looking at identifying your chemistry with people and the chemistry um, that you want to
0: create with others. What do
1: that. you
0: think? Yeah. I'd love to know more about the sparkling chemist. happy i will do a whole thing on it
2: and 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 put it on linkedin it's it's fun because uh what when i when i design these tests um what what i always like people to look at particularly with chemistry is how um not just you, but your brand, and this is what we're going to talk about next, so talk about a little segue here, um, how your brand has its own chemistry and what brand tests can you take for to see if you have digital chemistry or if you turn people off. For example, we just did an audit on our brand, and um, we're changing our whole website based on that. We did an audit on our sales process, again, changing how we sell. We have to, as brands and as businesses, understand how we can better serve people and chemistry and especially digital chemistry and this is really what I'd love to learn from you Laura is um, how we can understand that in this digital age.
0: looking forward to sharing more.
1: Excited. So so before we get into that I want to share um, our number again so that our listeners can join and participate in this great conversation. Um, Our number is 773-763-9278. So please, whenever you can, text or call us.
2: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for the text that says, I like your show. <laughs> so I appreciate that. I know you want to stay anonymous, so no problem. In this segment, we are thrilled to have my friend, and make sure I'm saying your name right, Laura, Laura Boparlan, founder and brand oh. strategist. Is that correct or incorrect?
0: Yeah. It's excellent. Thank you. you. (laughs) It often gets loaded, so I do appreciate it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I actually went to Google and said, How do you say this? I love it. I, do. I hate when people screw up names, and they do it all the time. And I often hear that with um, in science when we hear people interpreting different scientific names. Now, the, the thing I always screw up is binaural beats, and I mean it's that. binaural beats. And I say it too fast, and I know I screwed up, and I work on it. But you know, it's one of those kinds of things. But Laura. We met because you did a workshop at a group I was at that talked about helping entrepreneurs of any size create brand chemistry. And that's why I wanted you to come on the show. I thought it was really cool that you had a brand camp. You had all these wonderful things. And just like how did you get started in it? How, how did you know this impacts a brand success like 20 years ago when all of us were just really starting email, you know, and work and doing things like that? Did we lose
0: Laura? Yes, I'm back. Oh. Okay, no worries. That happens. Yeah, Don't worry, Laura. I, I, you just stopped. I just stopped hearing anything. So, oh, I'm <laughs> back now. <laughs> Welcome to live radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, I'll I'll hear like, Sheriff McQuinn, if you want me to talk, it, it on <laughs> my end.
2: <laughs> that's okay. That's that's what happens. Now, um, did you hear my question?
0: No, I did not. It cut okay. out just before Sometimes, the question.
2: What I was telling everyone was, you know, how did you know we met because of your workshop? And how did you know exactly how to start all of this on brands and brand chemistry and band camp? And you've been doing this for a while, about 20 years. So I, what, what is it? Tell us the secrets. Tell us what brand <laughs> chemistry really is. I want to know.
0: Yeah. Oh, there's so many questions in there. Well, I think part of it is that I discovered that this is just something I was innately good at. I think the, the biggest challenge many people have is that the thing that comes most easy to you is actually your gift. And it's you don't think it's special because it comes easy. And that is often how, how I help people. is I help them see the thing that is so natural and easy to them that is their their gift and their, their magic and chemistry that they can create with others. And so I had to get clear on what, you know, what my gift was. And really I see people, I understand them. I connect with them deeply and I can see the things. And somebody said this to me once, and this was really the beginning of my journey into this realm she said, Laura, you see deeply into people's souls. You pull out the best of them and you put it into words and visuals. And that was such a profound moment for me to hear that interpretation back to me. And I'm like, that's chemistry, right? That's somebody else connecting with me and my brand deeply and truly understanding what I do and being able to put such powerful language to it. And so that took me down this journey of really understanding that I just had this innate ability, but I needed to create a process and a formula around it, and that's where Brand Camp came from, my branding methodology, that's where my book called Brand Chemistry came from, So it all stems from this idea of creating deep, meaningful connections with people. And I really believe that when your brand resonates with people on that deep level, it builds trust and loyalty, and that's how you create that emotional connection. And it's all about making your brand truly unforgettable.
2: You mentioned your book. I want to talk about that, but I think one of the things that you talked about um, that's particularly hard for people in their 20s to begin to identify in their 30s is your special gift. How, how would someone who's that young even know what their gift is?
0: I think it's a lot of exploration. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I got into, I knew I was going to be in the design space from the time I was about 15, uh, which is quite young. And now that's changed, it's evolved over the years. I'm not doing that actual work, but I'm still involved in that space. But I think we're, our, our whole lives are a constant journey of learning and discovering and challenging ourselves. And I think if you get too, it's when we get too comfortable and, and things are too easy in a way. And I know that might sound counterintuitive because it feels like we should all be striving for comfort and ease. However, that's not when we grow and that's not where we learn things about ourselves. And so for me, you know, in my early 20s, I went and lived abroad for three years I learned a new language, I, you know, explored and not all of it turned out well, but I'll tell you the things that didn't go well are the best stories to tell now. And Mm -hmm. you know, Mary, you know this, but I just came back last year from having lived abroad in Sicily for 10 months with my family where we rented out our house and, you know, picked up and pulled our kids from school and I worked remotely and we traveled extensively. And people ask why. I'm like, well, we had a very comfortable life. Like it was easy, but nothing was changing. We weren't growing and we needed to put ourselves out of our comfort zone and challenge ourselves by doing something new. And I think it's when we get a little bit too complacent or like, well, this is how life is supposed to be. I'm using air quotes, not you can see me. Mm -hmm. And we get into this rhythm of like. This is what is prescribed in life. I'm supposed to do things in this way. And in this order, we fall into this pattern of the way things have always been done. And I have a saying, and I use this mostly in business, but it applies to life and everything. Is that just because something has always been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way or the only way to do it. Wow.
2: Couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Like I've had two mentors in my life and we always joke here that um, LeBron and Steph Curry are my other mentors. But um, in my previous world, I worked a lot with the MLBA and the NBA and um, their owner operators. And the one thing they said to me is when you start to feel comfortable, leave Mm -hmm. because you're not (laughs) learning. Like always leave on top leave everybody well but leave and i've really followed that rule like just except you know for COVID, but just just leave because you need to go and fail every day and i think that's the biggest problem is no one's failing you know young people aren't allowed to fail and fail poor like really fail um Mm -hmm. like me and geography fail (laughs) so I don't know Rich do you have any questions or comments yeah
1: I I actually do I love um, both your takes um, especially getting out of um, your comfort zone and as someone who is like um, in their mid 20s and still trying to figure out a lot of things and where he wants to where I want to be in life how do you know this might be a dumb question, but how do you know when you're too comfortable? How do you know? That's always been the hardest part for me. How do you know when to move on? Mm. That's
0: a good question. Why don't I take a step at that first? Yeah. Go ahead, Laura. No, you go ahead. Um, To me, it's it's more of a feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's also that when, when every day feels like a little too routine, where things are... You know, you could almost do things in your sleep, like, and you feel like it's just the time is is passing you by and you're not, um, yeah, I guess that that idea of growth and how do you know if you're growing or you're stagnant? Um, But For me, it's more of a a feeling and I'm sure, Dr. Mary, you have more of a scientific approach to it. (laughs) No, it's
2: not science. It's when I wake up in the morning, am I happy about what I'm doing? Is the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. great. If I wake up in the morning and say, oh, my God, another day of this, (laughs) then you have to start to reexamine it. Now, there are points in your life, and I've had this job, I'm sure you've had this job, where you don't have any choice. You have the rent, you have the groceries, you have a car payment. You're going to wake up and life sucks. That's when you have to change your attitude and find three good things in every day. One good thing, you wake up. Second good thing, you can have water. Third good thing, you can go to bed. A bad day only lasts a day. So get through it, you know? Um, that's the other thing I think that we don't do. We don't feel the emotions. And I notice brands not feeling that. And and I'd love to get into brands. Um, like brands don't let people know, like, you know, oh, you know, for example, I just heard Richardson's Rambach go on. Oh, well, life goes on. <laughs> No, but in our brand, like we've dropped the ball a couple times and sometimes we've, we've tried things that don't work. We say, wow, this didn't work. Let's get back on this. And so one of the things that I think is, is most important to know when to move on is when you wake up and there are no challenges. Literally for me, I wake up every day and I'm helping millions of people heal. That for me makes me happy. How I do that becomes the challenge.
1: I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for answering that question. Um, I think I'm definitely going to apply that to my life. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people probably feel the same way because sometimes change is also very hard. And how to, you know, this might actually lead, this is going to lead to another question, which I think is very important. And it it relates to brands too. Mm -hmm. Um, Laura, uh, from your experience um, with branding, have you seen like any company that has shown that, and and how can you ad- identify that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talked about somebody had called in about Apple earlier, and you know it is a great example. They've really mastered the art of creating an emotional connection with their customers, and you know d- the design and the aesthetic is one part. And you know I've been an Apple user since I was in college. And that was the only option for me. So I've been using, you know, Apple <laughs> devices since the since before they became trendy. Let's just say when they were exclusively a designer's tool um, back in the in the '90s. And I know I'm I'm dating myself here, but so for me, I use them as an example in my talks. Often is that it's. You know, not just about the innovation. Ultimately, if you look inside the box, you know, if you were to open up a phone, an Apple device is probably very similar to a Samsung or a Pixel or any of these other phones, but they're selling lifestyle. If you look at their advertising, they're selling the benefits. They're creating an emotional connection through their videos and their music and what you can do with the phone not what's inside it. And, and, you know, the look of it is one aspect, and it is important that they're selling lifestyle. They're selling being a part of a community of uh, being, you know, you're one of the cool kids because you've got this device and you can do all of these things. It's about FaceTiming family and the music and the photos. You actually have to go digging to find the features of an Apple phone or computer, but they sell the benefits. And that is the first thing that I tell my clients is you have to get in the shoes of your audience and understand what do they get from working with you or from buying your product versus what you're giving them. So that's, that's really important when it comes to branding. And that's why Apple is so successful. It's not so much their technology, but it's about um, how they're selling it and, and how they're creating that connection and chemistry with their customers.
1: Oh, I love that. You know, uh, it's so funny. I actually switched from a Pixel. Like, I loved Androids before. And then um, Dr. Mary kind of converted me to an Apple. And the difference is crazy. It's literally, as you said, like the experience. Now I'm always thinking, I'm like, huh, you know, maybe I should get an Apple Watch. Huh, maybe I I should should get a a MacBook. So it's like the whole ecosystem, it just kind of, I'm just like, Em, enveloped in it and it's so cool to like see that happening and 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 just noticing yeah. it
0: and that's all yeah. about chemistry <laughs> bringing it right back
2: i totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> it is all about chemistry and you know but it's about those feelings those feelings that we generate in our brain i, I worked with a couple of advertising agencies, WPP being one of them, and they were bringing on neuroscientists to help understand the words that use, that help um, not just WPP, but all of them were talking to neuroscientists who could help them with sentence patterning and words and all of that kind of um, brain triggers that help people buy more so you also have to be aware of that with brands what are you selling what are you doing how are you doing it and what do people want from you Um, those are those are some of the questions I bet you answer at brand camp so I I never did learn enough about brand camp can you tell me a little bit about that and about your book before we close out and also don't forget how do people get a hold of you
0: Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. So Brain Camp is all about uh, developing key messaging. So a lot of people, when they build a business, they're like, okay, I need a logo and I need a website and, you know, I just need to get out there. But they miss this key step of developing their key messaging and getting the confidence and clarity in how to talk about their business. So Brain Camp is all about that. It's about really differentiating you from everybody else in your industry what is unique about you developing your tagline and a positioning statement and a why statement and a personality for the brand and then once we do Brand Camp and we go through that process then we can look at the visual brand and we use color psychology to develop a color palette and logo design and website and so on and I always say we're designing a brand that isn't for just today it's it's a brand that you're going to grow into. It's going to fit you in two years, in five years, and it will evolve over time. But when you create something that is just, you know, uh, I, I like to use the analogy around baking, like a, a cake that's all sprinkles and icing lacks substance. And it's the same with a brand that's just a logo and a website. It's going to lack substance. And typically, typically, you're going to end up looking and feeling like everybody else. And what I found is when I developed Brand Camp is that... You know, our clients haven't needed to rebrand. They have more longevity. They have confidence in how they represent themselves online or in person. And so what I wanted to do and my book called Brand Chemistry is walks you through the entire Brand Camp methodology because I wanted more people to be able to understand this concept and how powerful it is for their business
2: amazing I'm loving that you know you're talking about chemistry you're doing all these things and if you could just give a person who's branding themselves as they move forward
0: three hints what would they be and why Mm -hmm. well I would say storytelling really understanding your stories and how they connect to what you do. People will remember you and your business more if you use stories. And I have a whole methodology around storytelling, consistency, and authenticity are key. And then doing things different again, you know, as I said, just because, because something's always been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way or the only way. So don't copy what other people are doing. Find your own way and stand out.
2: Be authentic. And that's your goal for the week listeners. Have a great week. I'm Dr. Mary and thank you to Richardson Amarde our associate producer and our and our wonderful guest Laura. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Have
1: a great week. Bye.
0: The preceding program, Chicago's Weekend Wake-Up Call, was sponsored by the Digital Wellness Center and to the extent applicable their guests. The views and opinions expressed therein do not necessarily reflect those of NewsWeb Radio Company or its management.